could take maybe two days or two sections or maybe three. But I want to discuss something which I think will be of help to all of us. The Lord actually quit ministering this to me for the past two, three days. I just keep hearing the word inheritance, inheritance, inheritance. And um, my meditation, I find that we need to look at it. Um, often and again, we, we talk about favor. And you know, favor is something that we speak so much about, we hear so much about, and there is nothing wrong with it. But all I cause to see tonight is that there's a difference between favor and inheritance. Uh, let's take our reading from First Peter, chapter 1. See, we must come to the appreciation of the fact that what you know gives you faith, gives you confidence, gives you stability, and can make you walk in life with an amount of security and confidence at any point in time. So first Peter chapter one. The Bible says Our Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius Pilate, uh, Pontius Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. A letter according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, hath given hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. To verse four is the key or what we're looking for. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. Hallelujah. The key word is an inheritance incorruptible, reserved in heaven. An inheritance incorruptible, reserved in heaven. Now, we are not going to be dealing with the B part of this verse. Uh, that may be the end of the study. But permit me to say this When something is reserved in a place It doesn't mean you have to consume it in that place You have your money in the bank You don't use your money in the bank Is that okay? You can have your food in the freezer In the kitchen You don't eat your food in the kitchen You eat your food in the dining So when something is reserved in a place It doesn't mean you have to go there To make use of it You collect it and use it Where you are supposed to use it so, if you understand inheritance, you, you only just need to know where it is reserved in. And when you know which one belongs to you that is in reserve in that location, you can have it and make use of it. Wherever you are supposed to be. Am I making sense? So, when we say reserved in heaven, it's not necessarily indicating you have to go to heaven to get your inheritance. Amen. So I understand that. But the key thing I want to point out tonight is the word inheritance. We deal with the last part of it, maybe towards the end of the study. So, the word that inheritance is very crucial to us is kleronomia. Uh, that is the Greek word for it. And it means airship or airship. 
airship and that is very important airship a patrimony a patrimony or a possession now when you say patrimony you should understand we have patrimony we have matrimony patrimony speaks of that which comes from the father lineage as the case may be so inheritance is that which connects to fathers and of course sons now if you are going to be having an inheritance or getting to know of your inheritance which is very crucial you must have God as your father it is only fathers I mean sons who have fathers that can talk about inheritance are you understanding this? I want you to understand what I'm about to share tonight because it's very important. Because when you know what God has in store for you, you can make demand in, on heaven to release what He has in store for you. Did you catch that? Because say it's reserved in heaven. We're going to deal with fully all of that, like I said. But when you know what you have, in store. For instance, if you know what is in your account and there is a need, you can write a check. You are making a demand on the bank to release what belongs to you because it's yours. When something is reserved in a place, doesn't mean those who are in custody of that thing owns it. It is yours, but it is preserved. Are you following the picture? So now when you know what you have, you can write a check on what you have and make a demand on the custodians of your inheritance. And so one of the problems we have is we don't even know what we have. Yet the Lord said, we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This thing is reserved in the heaven, but we don't know. So we don't, we don't know how to make a demand on heaven to release to us what we have. Okay, now, look at these. Like I said, get them to Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. And look at verse 14. Like I said, the, the Greek word is simply airship. A-H-E-I-R-S-H-I-P. Airship. Now, uh, Proverbs 13.22 A good man liveth an inheritance to his children's children. And that's what is the most important thing. And that the weight of the sinner is laid for the righteous. That's not our concern there. But the past says, A good man liveth an inheritance to his children's children. So, it simply means, Inheritance, it was flows from fathers to sons. Is that alright? So if the Bible is saying, we have an inheritance incorruptible. Automatically, he's declaring to us, we should have God as our father. Are you there? We should have God as our father. If you are truly a believer, if you really come into the kingdom, you should begin to know that God is your father. And because God is your father, you have an inheritance. Because every good man will leave an inheritance for his children. And God cannot give a mortal man such an instruction and himself who is betting the creation as sons will not leave an inheritance for them. That shows we have an inheritance that we don't know about. And there's a need for us to search it out to say, God, what is my inheritance in all of this your wealth in creation? 
reserved in the heaven means preserved in the realm of spirit. Okay. Uh, Proverbs 19 again. Just to see, make you see the connection between inheritance and the father. Proverbs 19.14 Scripture says, House and riches are the inheritance of fathers, and a prudent wife is from the Lord. I just want you to see a little bit of a difference. The prudent wife, God gives wealth and riches and houses are inheritance from fathers. Now, you also can see that precisely, practically as well. If you take that into the realm of spirit, you can also do understand that God intends you to have houses and riches. I don't know if you are catching this thing. God also intends you to have houses and riches. Some of the things reserved in the heavens are houses and riches. Because this is what he said, fathers give. It defines what fathers give as inheritance. Houses and riches. Amen. Personally, I didn't quite understand when the Lord began to say inheritance for the past three days. It's when I begin to study that light begins to come in. Begins to open up unto me exactly what God intends to say. I think to you and to me. Now, so, houses and riches are the inheritance of fathers. Fathers have these things available for their children. God cannot give such instruction to mortal man, I want to repeat, and himself will deny his own son the same thing. So God is intended that we as mortal fathers, we do this for our children, he is also much more than enough qualified to do it because the heaven and the earth, even the earth and the fullness thereof belongs to who? Belongs to the father. That means you have a portion. You have an inheritance. That is the first thing you must establish at the back of your mind. You have an inheritance which includes houses and riches. Reserve, I want to repeat, reserve in the heavens simply means they are preserved. And because they are preserved, they cannot be corrupted. That means that which belongs to you cannot be tampered with by man. So you must begin to know from today that you have a portion, you have a plot, you have you have a land. In fact, you have landed properties. You do have them. The fact that you have not stepped into them doesn't mean you don't have them. You have them. And they are reserved. Where you will buy is already yours. These things will take off from the issue of struggles and thinking of one man wants to cheat me. Nobody can cheat you because what is reserved is reserved. (laughs) It's reserved by God himself. And it is only the man whose name have been written against our property that have right to claim it. So I don't see any reason why anybody can deny me of my portion. It's practically impossible. It's just a matter of time and the season for me to step into what God has written against my name. That is why the donkey that Jesus rode on, nobody ever have used it. It was intended that only Jesus would be the first to ride on that donkey. But yet it was tied. Preserved awaiting the owner to ride on it. Huh. It may be rough, but we will get there. 
Hallelujah. Okay, so the word here, I want to look at it again, the word inheritance in the in the Hebrew. Actually, it speaks of Noka, it's a primitive word. It means to inherit. Mode of descent. Mode of descent. That means the way things are transferred from one person to the other. Mode of descent. You understand that? And by way by way of thinking. What you inherit depends on the family you come from. Hmm? Alright, so we're talking about if you come from a wealthy family, then you have things to inherit because your father have already laid them down. So we becoming sons of God. Now we are connecting through Christ to come to the place of inheritance to receive what God himself has laid down for us. Hmm? Are you following this? It's a mode of descent. It means to occupy. Inheritance means to occupy. That means God intends you to occupy a position. And there is a place, there is a lot, there is a portion He has reserved for you to occupy in life. You will definitely enter into it before you depart this globe. Hallelujah. It means to bequeath. And you know what that means when you bequeath something to someone. It's like writing a will and putting the person's name. This amount of portion goes to this individual when I depart this world. To bequeath. Amen? It means to distribute. It means to divide. Okay, now let me look at the other subject. I mean the other thing I said before, before we progress again. Psalm 44, look at it. Verse 3. Psalm 44, verse 3. Now, God is speaking here about Israel. And he said, For they got not the land, are we there? In, in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, by their right hand, and their arm, and the light of thy countenance, because thou had a favor unto them. Now, this is the other aspect I want us to look at tonight. Favor. As compared to inheritance. Are they the same thing? If not, what is the difference? What should we really know? What should we look for? What should we ask for more? Should we even ask for favor? Or favor comes because God favors us. Now we know the Bible says. Christ grew in wisdom. And in stature. And he find favor both with God and man. Now, I wouldn't know if the scripture says he asked for it. I don't know. But I'm told he found favor. It's like Noah find grace in the sight of God. I don't know if he asked for grace. Are you catching what I'm talking about? But there is a walk you enter into. God will release favor on your behalf. He grew in stature and in wisdom and he found favor. He didn't ask for favor just like Noah didn't ask for favor. Now, I'm not saying don't ask for it, no. But I want you to understand that it's a way you live in relation to God, you will begin to find favor in the sight of men and in the sight of God. Now, get this right. I want to read it from the, the message translation. 
And he says, We didn't fight for this land. We didn't work for it. It was a gift. You gave it, smiling as you gave it. Delighting as you gave it. That's the way the Masi translation put it. So, the word favor actually stands for a gift. Are you still there? Now, is there a difference between a gift and an inheritance? That is the question. <laughs> Are you following the picture now? Is there a difference between a gift and an inheritance? Because sometimes it's like we're asking for... <laughs> we're asking for a gift. And we don't know of our inheritance. Now when you know of your inheritance, you don't ask for a gift. You ask for your inheritance. Are you catching this? Okay. You understand that? This thing is doing something in my mind. Okay, let me give you a typical example. Genesis 25. Typical example. Gift, favor. Then we talk about inheritance. What should I really be seeking to know more? I just think I want to walk with the Lord in such a way that he can make a declaration. This, my beloved, say, well, well, please. And if that sounds out from the heavens, I will step into favor. Hmm? Yeah. Because the scriptures say, if your will please the Lord, you make even your enemies to be at peace with you. And if your enemies are at peace with you, he will bless you when he even doesn't want to bless you. That is a favor. So instead of really asking for favor, we should walk to please the Lord. And the favor shows up. Hallelujah. Okay, now, are we there in Genesis 25? Let's look at two scriptures. Uh, just one passage, I think one passage will do for us here. Look at what he says. Uh, I thought I was going to read all of this, but uh, I think is a story. If you read from verse number one, you're going to talk about uh, Abraham calling all the sons and the Nactam, the Jephthah, all of those guys who are the children of the concubine. Is that okay? Is that okay? You read it later, but what we need is verse six. And verse 6 says, But under the sons of the concubine, which Abraham heard, Abraham gave what? Gift. And sent them away from his son, from Isaac his son, while he lived eastward into this country. And this is very important to us. Hmm? Why did Abraham have to do this? If you, Jacktam, Nocturne, Dr. Allah, you know, this, the concubine basically they has to do with Keturah and Hagar. Okay? Keturah and Hagar. All the sons are Keturah and Hagar. And that's why I mentioned that somebody was asking this question and saying this in, 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 in Mozambique. And I was trying to make them understand that Jethro was not, just in, in passing, Jethro was not a heathen priest. Please understand that and correct it when people begin to say Jethro was a hidden prince because I have something to teach on that very soon God will only send you to the people he has already established to learn of him Jethro was one of the sons of Keturah that's why the Bible says he was the prince of Media so he knew the worship of Yahweh that's why God sent him sent Moses to Jethro and that's why Jethro can teach him how to run the church that this is you are doing will kill you this is what you should do. So understand that. Now there's a picture from here. That's why he was a priest of, of media. 
So I will explain some of that because there is something I'm going to be teaching on that along the line. But get this picture right. He said he gave all of these things to the concubine and sent them away. Now I believe one of the things he gave to the sons of the concubine was supposed to be things like cattle for which they can breed seed with which they can sow the land that they are going to go and they implement for husbandry to cultivate the land. These are basically the things that will be given to them because I know in a traditional setting in my place when a father is about to do something when I was young, what they give to you is a hole, a machete, and then uh, some of those things, yeah, with which you can go and do your farms and all that. So the same thing, what Abraham was good at, I believe was what he gave to the sons of the concubine. Now, why did he do that? Because Abraham knew Canaan had been promised to him. He doesn't want the sons of the concubine to come and drink the land with Isaac, who is the heir. Are you sitting there with me? He wants Isaac to come and inherit Canaan. But the sons of the concubine should come, not come there to begin to make problem with the heir. So, because the inheritance belongs to the son, not necessarily to the concubine children. Are you catching what I'm talking about now? Okay, now, so, he gave all of these things to the people, sent them away, so that the promised land, as it were, might be secured by Isaac. When he grew up, he would not have the struggle to say, okay, because I'm going to be going down to make you see how lands and all of that. Remember when they go to Canaan, they share the land among the, the tribes. Remember that? Okay. Hallelujah. Okay, so this is the basic picture. Now, what am I trying to make you see here? You find here that Sons inherit what belongs to the father. But gifts can be given to anybody. But even that gift which is given to you, you still need to work with it to survive. Are you still there with me? Take think for instance. Even if God gives you skill as a gift, you still need to put your skill into practice to be able to survive with it. <laughs> Is that okay? Whatever thing God gives to you, you still need to work with it to be able to survive. So even if favor is granted unto you, favor can be given unto you in, in the dimension of giftings or whatever, but you still need wisdom to harness whatever is coming your way to be able to survive with it. So favor itself is not enough. Are you still following what I'm talking about? Even if, for instance, let's just assume that you are favored that God brings people around you. You need wisdom to keep the people around you to be able to accomplish what you are supposed to accomplish. Did you get that now? The people coming around you is not enough. It's not enough. So even if you are highly favored, for instance, that you are blessed with a wife or with a husband or with a child, you still need some skill to be able to manage that which God has blessed you with. Amen. You still going to be putting some some labor into it, some effort into it, whatever the case may be. Alright. But now when we come to the issue of inheritance, it is that which is, though you still going to work. Now, the kind of work we work in inheritance is maintaining. Okay. Not producing. You get, a, you get a point now? If the house is already built, all you are supposed to do is to ensure that the house is in shape. Now, you are not using any skill to start building the house. 
if the money has been provided, for instance, because the houses are riches, if the riches have been provided, what you need is the ability to manage the riches. Are you following this? Okay. So that makes you see as you progress, you're going to understand. For instance, okay, let me just keep on doing this because there are some things I really need to raise for you much later. Uh, get down to the book of Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Uh, let's leave 5 to 7. There was then again he sent another. You know, I'm not giving a parable here. And him they killed, and many others, beating some and killing some. Have you idea for one son? He is well beloved, and already you know who this person should be. This is Christ Himself, is it? He sent him also last unto them, saying, They will reverence my son. Verse number 7 says, But those husband made among them said among themselves, This is the heir. Can you get that? Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance shall be ours. Did you get the picture? Now, watch this. This is the heir. That's what I told you before. Inheritance is connected to what? To airship. So you can't be thinking about inheritance when you don't have a father and son relationship. Completely difficult. You can't. Because only fathers can give to sons. And only sons can inherit what the fathers have. Are you following what I'm saying here? So there is no way you can claim to be an heir when you don't have God as your father. And that's why I keep saying it over and over and over again. You must please, by all means, at all costs, strive to come to the place where you have that personal relationship with you, with God. Very important. You must come to that place in your walk as a believer. Where you have that personal relationship with God. What I'm discussing with you now cannot deliver. Until these things are established. You may continue to walk in favor. But that to me is still on a hard ground. But you come to the place of an inheritance. Preserved and reserved by the Father for you. With your name written. Relabeled all over. And you can come to the place. Now let me show you how your attitude. The attitude of an heir. The attitude of an heir. See. God as a father wants to protect and protect, if I may use, not only the sons, but even the properties of the son. And that's exactly what Abraham did now. He had to protect Isaac, and he had to protect the land from struggle. Because if you allow all the children to move in there, then trouble is definitely going to come. Who will take it? Is it the sons of Keturah, all the sons of Agai, all the sons of Sarah. But basically, it's Isaac who is the promised heir to Abraham. Not all of the sons of the concubine. Are you catching the picture here? Then now to preserve the inheritance and to preserve and protect the son, 
He gave gift unto this man. So that he better go to this country. So you find that God protects and preserves not only you but the property which he has for you. But the key thing is until you come into that personal relationship with him knowing that God is my father and I have a portion in my father's house you can be denied of that even which is your own inheritance. Hallelujah. I tell you a story here. I'm ministering over there and then they told me a funny story, the foundation they gave to them and they told them that the best way to be a Christian, I remember, I remember I told you on Sunday, is to be a poor person so that when you die, you get a mansion in heaven. Now can you see this kind of gospel? And now that is what they believe in. Now that is what they live by. Because of this kind of scriptures we are looking at. Because it is issue of, in my father's house, I'm in a mansion. So for you to get a mansion, you have to live poor here. So that your mansion can be up there. And then you dare to go get it. Hmm? And so now Peter is talking about inheritance reserved in the heavens. So okay, fine. It also means you have to die to go to heaven to get your inheritance. You are thinking the same way with those my brothers that I was sharing with. Are you following what I'm talking about? So your inheritance reserved in heaven doesn't mean you have to go to heaven to get them. You have to become a son and draw from that heavenly resources to live the life that he wants you to live right here on the earth. Permit me to make this statement. You didn't lose heaven. Did you lose heaven? You never lost heaven. Never a time did you lose heaven. You lost a relationship and heaven was separated from you. Because he, he who resides in the heaven was supposed to be your father. But when you lost the relationship through Adam's connection, heaven was separated from you. So when you connect back to God, heaven is released unto you. You never lost heaven. So you can't be looking for heaven. You can only look for what you lost. I said that in Durban. The same thing. You can only look for what you lost. You never lost heaven. Amen. The woman the Bible gave to us that was looking for a coin. It was a coin she lost. It is what you lost you look for. The Bible says she laid the lamp out searching everywhere looking for the lost coin. Is that okay? It's what you lost you look for. You never lost heaven. Amen. Let's get this right. So now, here we find that the heir, they said, let's kill him so that the inheritance will be ours. That means the no heirs often have what? Inheritance. And that's exactly what I want to point out to you. What is your relationship to God? How is God to you? Because as we progress, you also see that one of the things that releases your inheritance to you, outside of you having God as your father, you still need to come to the place where you have personal relationship with certain individuals that God have led you to be with and you must see them in that context. Not worshipping them as God, but that relationship will be built within your spirit. This is my father. Now, the connection is if you can love the man whom you see, how can you love God whom you don't see? So, it comes this way. If you can't respect the man whom you see, how can you respect the God whom you can't see? Am I talking? Now, I'll make you see something. Help me, Lord. See, it takes a father to reveal your inheritance to you. 
<laughs> Watch this. You see, when we start, when we go on, I'm going to make you see. But let me mention it. You know Basilea in the Bible? Basilea. Exodus 35. The Bible says, And Moses called Israel and said, So now, what was in Basilea was revealed to the nation by who? By Moses. It took God to reveal what was in Christ. It took Moses to reveal what was in Basilea. Until you have that connection, some of the deposits in your life can never be revealed. That is why people don't know. That is why a lot of people don't understand. That is why they toil with father and son relationship. They toil with it, but they don't know. This is the key to the unveiling of what God has deposited in their lives. Until Moses made that pronouncement, Basalia never functioned. But yet the spirit was upon him. I can even imagine that even Basalia himself never knew the spirit was upon him. See what I mean? Okay, so there must be that connection, that father and son relationship, very crucial. You have to watch out for it and you have to know how to relate to it so that it can deliver. You have an inheritance, but so much of it you don't know anything about. Okay, let me give you another scripture. Time is almost gone again. Luke 12. Luke 12. Hallelujah. I am going to read verse 13 of Luke 12. And the Bible says, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. Can you, can you see what I'm talking about? It's not a question of asking. It's not a question of asking. Are you still there? Just keep this scripture and go, go to, to Luke 15. Go to Luke 15. Luke 12, 13. Now go to Luke 15. Luke 15. Are you there? And he said, I'm reading from verse 11. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. And he divided unto them his living. This is the same thing. The goods that means inheritance. This man has two sons. Now, reading this Luke 15 and Luke 12, the thing that will come to your mind is the knowledge of what you have or what you ought to have that your father has that you know he has for you. I don't know if you, you capture what I said there. You must come to the place of knowing what your father has and what he has for you. Because the first man said, just come and divide the property between us. Huh? Jesus said, I'm not sent to divide properties. <laughs> but the key thing is the guy knew that he had properties that belongs to him in his father's house. He knew this property was supposed to be shared between him and his brother. The key thing is, he knew. Now, what you know is yours, you don't beg for it. Am I making sense to you? What you know is yours, you don't beg for it. This guy knew 
that this property of our fathers belongs to both of us. He just wanted somebody to make it in such a way that there will be no problem. But he knew he belongs to him. He knew his own portion there. I know I owe something here, but I don't want to get into trouble with my brother. So please, can you come and just amicably divide these things so that we don't have trouble? Now the second man which has to do with the prodigal son, he simply went to the father. I want to have my own. There was nothing wrong in what he said. What went wrong with how he used what he got? Did he, did he understand what I'm talking? He knew. So, the first thing I want to establish this evening is you have to come to the place of knowing some things about your life that God has for you as a person. Hmm? You must come to that place. It's not everything people will be telling you about or talking to you about. You must come to that place where you know that I know this belongs to me. Hmm? I know God has made this thing available. In fact, I know my name is written. There's a name tag on it. There's a name tag on it. It's like, you know, funny enough, when I arrived at the airport and these luggages were going on, I was really so tired, fucked out, and, you know, with your Nigeria system. Because of, you can't even know which plane landed, which one, which one. So <laughs> you follow this belt, and when it stops, you go to the other belt. I was tired, I was just standing All the bed got finished, all the load got finished. I couldn't find my bag. Somebody came to me and said, oh, so I'm looking for a black bag. And he said, Do you have your name on it? I said, Yes. So I show you my complimentary card. He just went to one other console there and brought the bag. So are you looking for that? I said, Yeah, that's my name there. You see, my name was on the bag. So it cannot be missing. Are you get what I'm talking about? That means there are some properties that your name have been labeled on. Even if they are running around the world, you will, you understand what I'm talking about? They will always come, the bed will bring them back. Even if you don't seem to know that somebody will be there to add them. Let the bed just know your name. You identify that this one is your own. That's what I'm talking about. That is completely different from just evil. We're talking of knowing what you already have. Not expecting a gift. I'm not talking of, you know, because you're talking of the gift is expectation. I'm believing I'm going to be blessed. I'm believing I'm going to be blessed. But I'm saying you are already blessed, but you have to know what you are blessed with. Am I making, I mean, are you understand what I'm saying? You say you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, but you don't know them. Now it is time you've grown to the place of knowing this thing. And if you know you are mature enough to handle one or two of those things, you can say, God, I need it now. Because the son said, uh, just give me my own. Give me my own. I need it now. And one good thing about this picture is the father did not deny him. He didn't deny him. He gave it to him. And the guy wasted it. And he came back on the father. I have more than enough. So even if you wasted the first one, there is still more left for you here. You can't, you can't deplete the resources of heaven. No, it's not possible. You can't. He finished it, he wasted it. He came back, the father said, Don't you bother. That is just nothing compared to what I have in store. It is still reserved. But do we really know what God has for us? That is the problem now. That is the thing. So when God began to speak to me in these past three days and keep on shouting and keep on telling me, He heard it. I don't know exactly what it means, but I think God wants to speak to somebody in this local assembly. 
that there is something you have not seen that he wants you to see. So it's not a matter of just praying for some gift or for some little things and some little blessing. There is too much that God has in store and your names are already written on all of them. As we begin to dig into this, as we begin to continue, I just wish you make yourself available in the next maybe three sections that we're going to be talking on this particular issue of inheritance. You will come to the place of knowing one or two things that the Lord really has in store for you. Because you see, the truth of it again is this. What he gave to you is not what he gave to me. Is that okay? And everything he has labored for us are the things he has made available to enable us live very well, comfortably on the face of the earth. He knows what you need to make you live well. He knows what I need to make me live well. I only need to know what he has labored on my name for. And I can ask him, I need it now. The only time he may not release it is when he feels that you are too immature to handle it. One of the reasons some of us can't handle wealth, because wealth and riches, houses and riches are the inheritance of others. One of the reasons we ain't come into abundance of riches is inability to handle riches when they come. God knows we may not be able. Because if you remember the case of the steward that I talked before I traveled, if you can't multiply what he gives to you, he takes it from you and gives it to the man that can multiply. So sometimes he even does you a good favor for not giving you some things. Because you may not be able to multiply it. And when he takes it from you, it becomes an embarrassment. So sometimes it's even in his own good book that he doesn't release it to you. But when you mature to the place where you can handle some of these things, he definitely will release them to you. Because you multiply them for kingdom expansion. Let's understand, we are already a blessed people. We are not asking to be blessed because we are heirs of the Father. In fact, the Bible says we are joint heirs. Remember that? We are joint heirs. So if we are joint heirs, uh, hey, hey, help me, Lord. That means we are inheritors. That means we have a portion. Am I talking to someone? We are joint heirs. That qualifies us for godly inheritance. And it's not just the issue of spiritual. Because that which is spiritual manifests in the physical. What did he say? That kingdom come. That will be done on earth. And it's in the heaven. And he said the earth and the fullness thereof. That is not spiritual. Belongs to me. Did he say so? Yes, the earth and the fullness thereof. Does what? Belongs to the father. And if we be the sons of the father living on the earth. What should be our inheritance? Even your earth. Can you even picture like Master used to say. He's saying. Ask for the nations and I'll give them to you for what? For an inheritance. That is a dimension of inheritance we are talking about. When your business goes into nations. 